Hello, everyone. And we have visitors. Hello, Hello everybody. <laughs> no, everybody. <laughs> no, it's everyone. You're wrong. No, you're wrong. Oh, here we go. Anyway, welcome to episode number 18 of Children Killed, a true crime podcast where we discuss a crime over a glass of wine or two. We're your hosts, Sam and Amanda. And this week, we are discussing a tragedy which was marked as the single largest loss of U.S. civilians until the terrorist attacks of 9-11. We bring to you the story of Jonestown. And for this week's wine, we're doing a little something different again. So different. <laughs> we are doing a jungle juice. Um, we have, well, what do we have? Because the guys made this, actually. Explain. Dan, I don't know why you're leaning in. You didn't do any of this. <laughs> Pretty sure I handled most of I this. I witnessed it. Oh, well, you did witness it, sure. This is a combination of um, we used Kool-Aid packets yep. uh, for our, our base uh, flavor, if you will. Um, we used Bacardi. Which, which will become important pretty soon you'll that's, understand that's why that's me. important I, so I'm, I'm in the dark with most of this thing the rest of this three in this operation are have are, some idea they know they know what's going on so anywho <clears throat> bacardi uh blue curacao uh there's raspberry vodka there i'm sorry there's black cherry rum um not raspberry vodka and there's quite a bit of that tequila, tequila. there was a bit of tequila too yes mm-hmm. the tequila, strawberry essentially no 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 uh since we had trouble with that, there's Bacardi Limon, there's tequila, there's black cherry rum, and blue curacao, plus ice. the Kool-Aid. Oh, and then what did you put in the ice? There was like a sparkling ice, so it was just a bubbly mixture. Mm. Essentially, I'm going to give you guys a little foreshadow in what is to come. It is a Kool-Aid poison mixture. Hmm. This is? Yeah. I'm going to die? Yeah, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> want to explain this sound be like how do we like it what is the aroma <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so it tastes kind of like so we used a fruit punch base uh kool-aid so it tastes just like that and then um honestly there's a lot of booze in here but being that you it's a jungle juice you don't taste any no. of it it's it's a little dangerous um, oh yeah poison in a cup yes it is hmm. it's dan you ever been in danger before <laughs> not as often as i'd like <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> Uh, it's very good. There's some fruit in here. It is, it's jungle juice is what yeah. it is. Yep. There's not much more than that. So with that, we're going to get right into the script. And to start it off, what do you guys know about Jonestown? Not a damn thing. All right. I literally have never heard of this. I'm excited. Excuse my ignorance. I know it's essentially a case study in what happens when groups are led by one person with malevolent um, plans. <laughs> I know a lot about Jonestown, but I'm very excited for you to tell me about it. All right. So, with that being said, we are going to get right into it. The story of Jonestown is primarily known because of one major event that happened on November 18th back in 1978. 
So we're going to get into that event, but before we go down that whole rabbit hole, which it is a huge one, I want to discuss the background of Jonestown and how it really... Motherfuckers, pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're awful. Jesus Christ. You are in my class right now. This guy mouthed it first, all right? Would you wait a hole? He started it. Because <laughs> you said a whole rabbit hole. You did say that. I hate you all. <laughs> uh, here we go. <laughs> We're never going to get through this. All right, are we ready? I don't know, but let's send it. Okay, just sending it. Jonestown was a settlement that was created by Jim Jones and was located in a South American jungle in a nation called Guyana. This place came about because Jim Jones had a vision to create a utopia-type civilization for the People's Temple, which was his religious following that he created over a period of time. The People's Temple, otherwise known as People's Temple of the Disciple of Christ, first originated in, I know it's a long name. Hell of a name. Yeah. In Indianapolis, Indiana, around 1955. Can I break in right here? Why is Indianapolis just the hot spot of everything? Indiana's not great, is it? I suppose, no. Yeah. We should all move to Pawnee. What? It doesn't exist. Go so see Ron continue. Swanson. Yes, yes, and Leslie, nope. And for that time frame, <laughs> <laughs> for that time frame, this religious group was really one of a kind. It was a Christian-based organization that focused heavily on bringing in egalitarian views, which is the belief that all people should be treated equally. Sure. Makes sense. I'm in. From that time period where there was an immense struggle for social justice and a huge push for civil rights, abolishing slavery, looking for racial and gender equality, all of that, you can likely imagine that this church looked extremely attractive to those fighting that fight, primarily African Americans. And honestly, I totally see why. The People's Temple was one of the first of its kind to be racially integrated, which was absolutely wonderful, except for the fact that the People's Temple was not exactly what the public thought. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Jim Jones was an intense and interesting character, in that it seemed as though he was preaching and bringing people together for the right reasons. It seemed like he was fighting a good fight, right? I mean, right. yeah. Yeah, like... Sounded good. Yeah, it seemed like it. But yeah, I feel like there's more, though, since it, there right. such. Yeah, since he's kind of the highlight of our podcast. We typically don't put the good people on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. no I, don't, I can't think of one, actually. Nope. Actually, I can think of one. One? The chick who got away. Jamie Kloss? Yes. That's true. Not a good story, but Not she a good was a good story, person. But I guess, yeah, because, see, like, she did good, but the overall event was not poor poor at best poor at best yeah can i it's a, jonestown is that a place i assume is that in we're getting Indiana? there oh you're all right okay no good question thanks we're gonna get into it a little bit more um and we'll go over you'll get a better understanding but it is not in indiana it is a settlement that he created in guyana which is in the jungles of south america and he named it jonestown because jim jones all right so it's back back to where we were so, some things did seem good. His church was providing all sorts of wonderful social services, opening soup kitchens, providing rent assistance, giving clothing to those in need, helping with job placements, providing shelter, free canned goods, free coal to help people. What? Where did they get the coal from? I don't know. They not probably... Fucking, <laughs> on the way to Pennsylvania, you ass bag. Why? Why is that so important? Because there's coal in these hills, he says. <laughs> 
they helped give coal to people so they could warm their homes that's, in the winter. Great. I think we should go back to heating homes with coal. Yeah, exactly. All really great sp- things. Thank you where you speak. <laughs> Unfortunately, let's get back on track, my people. Good luck. <laughs> what? Good luck. <laughs> yeah, it's never gonna There happen. is no track to be on. True. Unfortunately, what you don't see is that all of that was a show. Jones was really good at making things seem better than they were. For example, part of how he earned his money and following was by performing spiritual healing services within his church. After observing similar services at another place, he started realizing his potential for growing his, quote, utopia. With that, he and some other temple members started to take these fake healings in order to get more people interested in what they were preaching. One thing that they would do is they would take chicken... Jared, I know you just read that. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not allowed to read. I apologize. But that looked really weird and I had a reaction mm. and that's how that goes. That's okay. They would, for example, take chicken livers and other parts of an animal's body and pretend as though they were moving cancerous tissues from the body of the human in order to draw in a crowd. And they like, would, they what? would practice it on the livers? Is that what you're saying? So they would have a person and have that's like the question. livers in their back pocket or whatnot and be like, hmm, I removed your cancer. Oh! Yeah. I thought you meant like they would put the liver out there and like take bits out of it to practice no. taking things out. They would pretend that that was in oh, the person. That's a good that's yeah. good and then take question. it out. Yeah, yeah. That's weird. Huh. It's super weird. And he would also get like background information about people. So you can hear, you. there's actually wow. a shit ton of audio recordings from him where it's like, it's like what you see for, what's it called? Um, like the. The people who, like, are like, hey, your grandfather was dead, and what are they called? I don't know. A medium. A medium. Oh. And they're, you yeah, exactly. That's kind of what it like reminds me of. I'm a medium. Hmm. <laughs> I hate you. Don't we all? <laughs> no, they would, he would be like, uh, oh, like you're from. It's not a strawberry. It's a red stained melon. <laughs> Literally the worst. There is a strawberry in there. Do you want it? Not yet. <laughs> Jared is drunk. A little bit. More. More. <laughs> no, okay, wait, back. Back to topic. Back to topic. So he would also get like information from people's like security like whatever. Not security. Just background information on them and be like, You live in Texas. You have a brother like this and they would be like, Yes, yes, hallelujah, yes. So he was cheating them. Yeah. Hundred percent, and then he would get their money, and then he would get their following. Do we have any idea what he did before he started this people's temple? No, I actually don't know. I didn't really look into that, but that would be interesting. Why? I'd just be curious. I mean, typically these people are demonstrating conniving behavior throughout their entire lives, and it doesn't just randomly start all of a sudden. I totally agree. People started coming from all over for these spiritual conventions and sermons, and actually the crowd drew about 11,000 attendees at times. And because of all this magic, Jones was able to grow a huge following in a short period of time. He eventually moved his church to San Francisco in California, partly due to his desire to have an urban expansion, but also partly due to some of his additional beliefs. In addition to his push for civil rights, Jones was also extremely interested in political movements as well. He strongly believed in communist and socialist ideologies, which were not strongly accepted by Midwesterns, hence the move to California in the late 60s. Dan, I know you are so fucking ready to talk about communism (laughs) and socialism. Would you like to take the stand? Oh, wait, one thing. 
You don't have to get so close <laughs> to the mic because <laughs> your voice is so loud as it is that. All I need to say is just look at history for some of the big figureheads on both communism, socialism, and thirdly, fascism sides of the table, and you can see some people that murdered millions along the way. Can you explain what communism and socialism is? I'd really prefer not to. <laughs> uh, I, I can handle this if you'd like. Okay, you can ask ahead. the question again. Can you explain? <laughs> Are we on Jeopardy? <laughs> Just answer the question. Can you, you know what the question is. One more time, please. <laughs> can you explain to our peoples what communism and socialism is? Yes, wrong. Are, is? <laughs> I hate you. Right. <laughs> no, really, I need one of you to explain. Uh, it's, 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 it's. Everybody is equal, but not in the sense that most uh, Western civilizations want to be equal socially. Uh, they're equal uh, uh, status-wise. They're equal um, class-wise, essentially. for a real answer. I'm trying to give it to the people as the people would understand. Go ahead and quote the book as of far, asshole. As far as... <laughs> well, luckily you wrote it, and I've known it well. <laughs> Am the author. <laughs> As far as I understand it, socialism refers to the redistribution of wealth through the government, whereas communism involves a little bit more of totalitarian control of the people. Um, two current case studies would be Venezuela, which is a socialist nation currently collapsing. Um, Republic of China. China and China, China would be a communist example, um, which is still standing, albeit with serious restrictions on their people. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. And he actually has quoted later on in saying that he has Marxist friends in Venezuela that he really looks up to. While they were in California, his membership still continued to grow. There were many conflicting reports, but the majority of reports suggest that the membership grew to a couple thousand people by the mid to late 70s. So relatively recently. Sure. 50 or so years ago. Give or take. So people were drawn to his political and spiritual power, and with that, Jones's hidden sinister powers grew as well. The temple started to get stricter with their members, and the organization as a whole started to increase in control. They required their members to spend Thanksgiving and Christmas with the church instead of their actual family, and also the temple pushed towards something called religious communism, where people were encouraged to donate their belongings to the church in exchange for their needs to be met. And what I mean by belongings is they were asked to turn over the um, rights to their home. They were asked to turn over their wills, their social security checks from elders, and then other things too, like all of their jewelry, all of their money, all of essentially anything they owned. Pretend I'm a churchgoer in in this church. Okay. I asked the question, why? What is the reply? So their belief is that if they are part of this larger group, they don't need their belongings because the church is going to take care of them. And that kind of goes along with that socialist, I guess, mindset, if I understand socialism correctly. Like, you give your belongings over, and then it's going to be distributed. So, like, you give over your home, the church can have that to make money, and then supply you health care and food and housing when you move into that community that's that's i think what their fight would be um i find it completely ridiculous and i actually think that this is like what i find most fascinating about the story because if you look at any type of situation where 
power is taken over concentration camps prisons like anything like that you're stripped of your identity you're stripped of your clothes you're stripped of your belongings you're stripped of your home you're like they sometimes they give you different names and it essentially takes numbers you get fucking numbers you don't even have a name and essentially it's taking over everything you own and it's putting their thought like it's it's just complete mind control yeah i find it fucking it's fucked it's so fucked i think the other important perspective here is recognizing the role of humans and groups and if you look at our history as humans i mean for as long as we've been on the earth human have humans have been in small groups and in order to be in a small group or as a result of being in a small group you're provided security and oftentimes there is no individual ownership of possessions. It's just the group's possessions. Mm-hmm. So one of the first ways in which a group like this gains control over you is they take your possessions with the promise that you will be given security as yeah. a result. That's exactly what happened. If you hand over your possessions, your property, your things that you hold near and dear to you, what do you have left to call yourself as an individual? You don't. A member of the group. Exactly. So you're no longer an individual. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what they thrive on. That's how they exactly. progress. Exactly. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that? And that's how they took mind control. And there's some other examples that I don't want to... You're fine. There's some other examples that I don't want to necessarily give away now, but it's even crazier than your home. So if you think that's insane, like it's... Get they, ready. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, Billis. Pam Balam. <laughs> oh, big Billis. Can we just talk about the fact that we're all drinking from Chilled and Killed glasses? Look which at are us. currently for sale uh, from Chilled and Killed for, I believe, $12 a glass. Or if you buy two, you can get them for $10 a glass, total $20. Yeah. They're pretty handy. Yeah. Mix and match. They're kind of amazing. I'm going to throw that out You there. get a rocks glass, you get a wine glass, stemless, you know, you pick. <laughs> just think, you can express yourself without joining a cult. <laughs> <laughs> And we won't even ask for your property. (laughs) You get to keep these. (laughs) In addition to the growth of political and spiritual power, these people were primarily drawn to Jones and the People's Temple for their religious beliefs. They wanted to be part of a Christian organization. However, what I don't understand is that Jones started to not preach about God, but preach that he was God. And if you are ready... Never a good start. No. I have a little clip. Why don't he do something about those folk dying in all those churches? He cursed the Bible. He praised the values of socialism and communism. That was from a podcast called Oversight in Jonestown. And it is an incredible podcast if you're looking for like any audio tapes or anything. But essentially, he would curse the Bible, like she stated, and said that he believed the Bible to be white man's justification to enslave women and people of color. So that was interesting. Why? I, well, just listening to him have God complex from, like, early. <laughs> Incredible God complex. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, do you guys want to talk about that at all? How do you feel? Jared, you made a face. I get his theory, but I think he's trying to make it out to his his following that, well, not he's trying to make it out. He's making it out to his following that he is God, and that's absurd in itself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, think but... this is, I think this is textbook. This is textbook cult-like behavior this is david koresh this is adolf hitler if you don't know who david koresh is watch the documentary waco just wait don't you worry this is any other 
person of power in history that have led people to death because they believed they were something better than the rest of us. Yeah. Nailed it. Hammer, nail, bang. There's much more to this podcast, but at this point, all I can say is be an individual. Absolutely. Like, don't fall And if you're going to join a group, make sure it's for the right reasons, not for a cult of personality. You can join the group all you want. Stay an individual. Be in the group. That's, but, not, you know. that's not how those work. But it's cool no, because it there are some people who do speak out and they still have their mindset of who they want to be and who whatever. But they are shot down. In 1974, Jim Jones rented nearly 4,000 acres in the jungles of Guyana, which is a nation in South America, and built what was known as People's Temple Agricultural Project, informally known as Jonestown. Not only was this property surrounded by jungles, but it required nearly a seven-mile trek in any direction in order to make it to that community. Jones's main goal was to build a utopia for his people, one that revolved around socialist and communistic views, like we had previously mentioned. There's a quote where he says, It seemed gross to me that one human being would have so much more than another. I couldn't come to terms with capitalism in any way. I decided, how can I demonstrate my Marxism? The thought was, infiltrate my church. What does infiltrate mean? To get inside of, covertly. So what, like, so what does he mean? <clears throat> I guess he, is what I'm, I want to, like, understand the root of what he's trying to say here. My take on it is that he wanted to, like, build communist views from the ground up. Like, so demonstrate my, Marcus, my Marxism, so put those beliefs into a church atmosphere and then build against capitalism though seems no mm -hmm. against capitalism so he wanted to make everybody socialist yes i think church in this quote refers to the group the of universe. people sorry oh good uh, so i'm thinking that it refers to the group of people that belong to the church and he wants to infiltrate that group of people with the th theory of marxism yeah, yeah. I, see i, I perceive that as he wanted to infiltrate the church as in the universal term for the people practicing religion across the world. Oh. And he hmm. sees it as infiltrate in terms of get inside of and influence people through the religious doctrine. I think that makes sense because he kind of talks in very grand views, so that would probably make the most sense. So you guys like the political stuff. Here we go. While well, Jonestown started to grow in size during the renovations and buildings of the land, much was still occurring in the People's Temple in California. Jones used his following of people to help elect who he wanted in power. This brief conversation, again taken from Oversight, gives a quick idea of his power. He had his hand in it. Ready? And now he turned to politics. My name is Marshall Kilduff, and back in the 70s, I was a city hall uh, reporter. Today, Marshall Kilduff is an editorial writer at the San Francisco Chronicle. In the 1970s, covering city hall, he grew curious about Jim Jones. Jones would flood the room with his followers, plus uh, a, a kind of a coterie and entourage right around him of uh, maybe a half dozen people. And was that sort of normal practice in San Francisco back in the day? No way. Uh, this was very different. The way he would arrive, sweep into the room, kind of overtake it with uh, the size of the group he was with. And th that was just not the rule, not the norm in any of these uh, 
pretty boring city hall meetings. So in addition, um, you guys heard that he would use his following to get people who he wanted in power elected. Then those people would turn around and give Jones additional power. One time he helped the San Francisco mayor get elected and then that mayor turned around and named him head of housing authority. So it just goes to show that the amount of power he had just helped grow him and then that helped grow him even more. And he was just this incredibly political and spiritually powerful man. So despite that good news in the press, allegations were starting to be leaked about happenings within the People's Temple. Information revealed by former members stated that there was financial fraud occurring, physical abuse happening to elders, and mistreatment of children. In 1977, there was an article that was released about these allegations. However, prior to the article being released, Jones was actually contacted by the editor in order to get the first-hand reading. This article discussed the faulty healings, mental abuse and control, physical beatings in front of multiple hundreds of members of the church, and lots of financial fraud. As that article was being read to Jones, he mouthed to another temple member in the room, quote, We're leaving tonight, notify Guyana. This article was published on August 1st, 1977, the same day that Jones and his nearly 1,000-person following left for Guyana. It's pretty crazy because, like, they, they had this whole plan of eventually leaving in place. They yeah. probably knew it was only a matter of time before they were going to get caught. Oh, yeah. it was going to be published, publicized, and they would have to move along. It's kind of crazy. I have the whole article right here, and it talks about um, just essentially so much that goes on. And then there's different, there's an entire part where it talks about people who actually speak out. They had 10 different people. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Like, some people say, I never really thought he was God, like he preached, but I thought he was a prophet. So there's some other people who have um, spoke out on this in this article, and we will put it in the show notes for you guys to take a look at if you want. Super interesting, and it just goes into crazy depth about um, Jim Jones and that entire, this entire, the, the allegations as to what happened. I do find it interesting that you can have all of these allegations out against you and people will still blindly follow you to another country. Yeah. Like. Then you go back, though, and think about how much those people had invested into this entire yeah. community. They like, didn't really have another place t- to go. They didn't have a house anymore. They yeah. gave it up. They yeah. Gave- they gave up their house. They gave up their earnings. They gave up a lot of them. Like, that was their family now. Yeah. So it's like, okay. I guess you move with your family. It's yeah. not even necessarily about him, maybe, at that point, but, like, the people you're surrounded with, maybe. Yeah. And then there was also such a, like, emphasis on if you leave the church, you will get killed. So it's like, yeah. if you yeah. don't follow, you potentially, your life could be in jeopardy. Yeah. Which is just crazy. Seeing that Jonestown was located on that private land we previously talked about, Jones himself was able to set up some pretty strict rules about what was allowed to happen. There were strong restrictions on outside communication. People interested in visiting would have to first be accepted to do so, which was also rare, I may add. Due to these restrictions, a lot of families who were not part of the church were completely cut off from talking or interacting with their loved ones. And with such an abrupt departure, I'm sure there was panic in knowing more information about their whereabouts. So let me catch up if you don't mind. So... This guy was just randomly at one meeting. He decided, like, hey, by the way, 
we're shipping off to this other country tonight. Yep. And all of his followers are like, sounds good. Essentially. Yeah. So they just dumped out. They left. To another continent. Yeah. And yeah. I think now they, they like live on site. Like how, what was the yeah, arrangements? It's, like, it's a whole community. Like a reservation. There were, there were homes. There were, it was like an agricultural, agricultural based community. So they were like raising food. I think a lot of people were there kind of building up the community in the first place because mm. they needed like people to like build the homes right, and build yeah. whatever. But then it was like, okay, no, now we're moving. And because they were already part of, like, a community and, like, their needs were getting taken care of, it was easy for them to just drop everything and go. That's insane. Yeah. It is. But I get I get how it could happen. I don't think it... No. And the thing, too, he... It wouldn't happen to me, but I understand how it could happen. Yeah. And this isn't their first move, too. Like, he had people from Indiana where he first started just up and moved to California and now it's like, oh, California, now we're going to go to Guyana, to this utopia. Because it wasn't like this this bad place. It was this thing that he talked about where it was a utopia and all your dreams will be, like, fulfilled. And essentially it seems like the way he he talked it up was like, he, like, there's nothing left here, so you might as well follow me. Exactly, yeah. And the families tried contacting Jonestown, but didn't have any luck, which only grew more fear towards what was occurring, especially after the release of that article. After that didn't work, families tried contacting Guyana officials to get information into Jonestown, but even that was limited. Eventually, those families started contacting California political officials to try and get help and communication into their family members. That's when California started to get involved. California rep Leo Ryan came into the picture and started becoming concerned that people who wanted to leave the temple were not allowed to, which he was completely, like, 100% right on with it. True, I'm just thinking that, like, he's out of jurisdiction in Guyana. <laughs> oh, for sure. But, yeah. well, no. They're American citizens still, are they not? Yeah, they all have their American citizen passports. There's, there's jurisdiction there. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's uh, an embassy for Guyana in California. Maybe there is. I could be wrong. But American citizens abroad, if you're a citizen, you still have some... I mean, depending who's getting involved, the governor or what, probably should be federal at that point. But Representative Leo Ryan. A United States representative. So, yeah, yeah I would say that he has some sort of jurisdiction. Interesting. Jurisdiction's a weird word to use in this situation. Right, but... because he's out of jurisdiction. <laughs> no, 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 not because of that. Because uh, what would you consider jurisdiction there? It's not always geographical. If it's a U.S. citizen, it's a U.S. citizen. You're responsible for him. So they, mm. they can be involved. I learn in things. Mm. He actually, so he went in to kind of, he had a disguised, like, message, I guess. He went in not to try and take them back, but more so to, like, find out what was going on there because it was like, okay, all these California citizens up and left, and then he played it off because he went with cameraman and journalists and whatnot and said, like, oh, what are you guys doing there? What's the interest here? Like, he went more for, like, in the in the eyes of Jonestown members, he went for publicity. He okay. didn't go to rescue them. Obviously, it, like, the beans spilled, and people of Guyana, or Jonestown, whatever. What? The beans <laughs> spilled? They did, all over the place. In the jungle? <laughs> yes. Damn it, you gotta pick up They're gone. Beans. They grew There's the beans precious. and it spilled. There, you, gotta, <laughs> you just gotta be careful with your beans next time. 
gotta always be careful with your beans. There, there you go. You got it, Pete. Just send it right down the hatch. Do we need more? Yes. Yeah, you do. Oh, look at you go. You fi- Wait, you finished it a while ago. <laughs> Eat, yeah. Let's take a refill. Um, yeah, so essentially that was the message. They wanted to, like, release a tape about how great of a place Jonestown was. At least that's what they said in order to be accepted into Jonestown because you needed to have approval in order to enter. Like, you couldn't just go in um, if you at least wanted to visit. But that hidden message was they wanted to take back anyone who didn't want to be there. And that message did get spread to the members, obviously, because you'll see what happens. So Representative Leo Ryan, his camera crew, and his journalist crew only stayed in Guyana for 24 hours. That next day, when they were about to leave, some members actually notified the crew that they wanted to leave the temple due to fear of their life. Ryan was willing to make this happen. He notified Jim Jones about the people who wanted to leave and started making arrangements for their departure. But before we continue on with this story, I want to share a clip about what it was like for those in the community who stated or even tried to leave. It was never handled well, because Jim Jones believed that leaving the temple was the ultimate treason. The Border Patrol said if you tried to cross, you'd be How long have you been around here? 14 months, probably. The anaconda? Thirty-six foot long? Can you crush a horse in seconds? Turn it down. Don't you think you owe a water commodity? You didn't know about the great mammoth water commodity? The land commodity on top of it? Didn't you think you should have told your brother this? Tripping out in the, in the jungles? Did you not think that this government is our ally? Yes, Father. Mm-hmm. Well, what did, you, what did you think? How did you manage to think you were going to get in Venezuela without with the government alerted? I've alerted every person in this government. From the Prime Minister on down. The Border Patrol said if you tried to cross, you'd be shot. How did you think you were going to get out of here? Um... I can go down there by the Marimba River and go down there. They've all been alerted. No boat would dare pick you up. It's in a violation of law. All the canoes. You think I've located in this jungle, knowing all the scalawags like you that have done this shit before? After been through Leon's lies? We knew that wasn't sufficient. If Leon could make it, even though he's a vegetable, that, that wouldn't be enough for you people. We knew there'd be others. So we had firm wor- working alliances. We, had, we wanted Leon gone, because we knew he was a babbling idiot by the time they found him. Talking about fighting in World War III, you heard all that. So we wanted him gone. We didn't want his big fat ass around. And the government said that they, it's lucky they weren't handling it. Anybody got any questions to ask these assholes that have taken all of our workforce today? Spread out, got the Guyana Defense Force alerted, the Coast Guard alerted, the Border Patrol alerted, the Prime Minister's Secret Police alerted. Anybody have any? Minister of Agriculture alerted, and the Deputy Prime Minister alerted, and the Commissioner of Police alerted, and the Kaituma Police alerted, alerted, and the Matthews Ridge Police alerted, alerted, (laughs) and the GNS alerted. Oh. Well, picked up and it was a, a law that you had to be returned here. Anybody that violated it would be in trouble but with the federal trouble. government. Anybody got any questions to these characters? 
Stand up and look at your, your fellow comrades. Stand back and let them look at the, their fellow comrades. Yes. Tell him that? If you picked up by jail and jail, speaking against this country, speaking against black, speaking against socialism, going to Venezuela, did you bother to tell him about the cat of nine tails? Why didn't you tell him about the cat of nine tails? You weren't thinking of it? No, father. To speak subversion against this country, to leave parent and home, to violate law and be out after curfew, you'd be eligible for 39 stripes with a cat of nine tails. He had a good design in watching him. We have made a, a, a vow. We have met too many pigs. We've met too many snakes. No, there's nothing in the human book, in the animal vocabulary that describes humans. We've met too many capitalists. Capitalist. Mangy capitalist. Mangy capitalist. Vomitous capitalist. Vomitous capitalist. Yes, we've met too many. Here. And they're past shenanigans. You are not going home. You are not going home. To that home. fascist Babylon until our people are here. And then we'll be glad to be rid of the likes of both of you. Can you hear that sound? So if thoughts. I may. So thoughts. If I may, I made a couple of comments. Absolutely. Taken <laughs> over. Uh, I made three points while I was listening to that. Okay. Um, to me, it's odd. Maybe it's because I live in the United States of America. But the fact that you need to make laws, rules, regulations, etc. just for people to stay, that says something in itself that your I ideology is so far-fetched so uh improperly put together that you need to make it a rule for the people that follow it to stay if your ideal if ideology was good enough you shouldn't have to make a rule that you must stay with the ideology they would they would just do it because they would believe in it yeah right yeah. Um, that. Yeah. and then also too it's not even just like creating a rule like it's creating fear to follow that rule right yeah so i mean second to that my, my question is he was talking about all these laws federal law all these laws is that the country law or did he create these laws um do we know I that i don't have an answer okay my guess so, would be he probably would be, be my guess probably but, because he doesn't believe in typical laws and he didn't move to guyana to follow for Guyana. He moved to there for the freedom within this jungle. Okay. So he's quoting federal law and all these other things. Probably when it's probably his not federal. actual country federal law. It's That's, probably yeah. his law that he's created that mm. Guyana has no fucking idea what's happening. Yeah, I would imagine guess. so. And then the last thing is, and I kind of wrote this how I wanted to say it, but imagine, and it goes with the first one, pretty much almost the same thing, but imagine your ideals being so bad that you have to punish people for vocally disagreeing with it. Right? Just just 
imagine being so poorly put together that should someone question what you're saying, you have to punish them. And so that I mean, you you look at that's how all these cults happen. Is right. Things are peaceful right up until people start asking questions. Right. The peace is there when everything's just kind of going along and people are agreeing and they're infatuated with the ideology. But then when they start asking questions and the leader realizes that the thing's coming off the rails, that's when the violence starts. And that's how you keep the rest of them there by instilling fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, it's coming off the rails. Everything's about to get fucked. How do I, how do I save it? Well, if the rest of them are scared to do what this person did, then they won't do it. Exactly. So let's make them scared. Okay, you're now going to be punished. And the other thing he did was he used his following to punish people. So if you hear in that clip, there were times... Yeah, there was cheering. There was um, him asking his community, what do you guys think about this? And obviously then it's going to turn into a screaming match of how can I impress Jones the most? So there were times that people... Like, this was his typical thing of showing power. Like, there was this one story I was reading where this, like girl apparently said something like she wanted to have sexual relations with jim jones because that was a thing he had sex with fucking everybody men women children like everybody yeah it was bad i didn't really go into that but anyway this woman said that she wanted to have sexual relations with him and he read that letter in front of the entire group and asked the group to handle like the situation so she was asked to completely undress and then women were told to go up and physically abuse her in front of a crowd of over a thousand fucking people and at one point the nurse said something like okay you guys need to stop the beating and then they didn't listen and they continued on because they're trying to show that they have something to offer jim jones like People just get this sick mentality in their mind to follow one person, and it's unhealthy. Turd, would you like to talk about groupthink? <laughs> I, think, I think it's pretty plain to see when these things go, come off the rails. When you buy into the ideology without ever questioning it, and then somebody orders you to do something that goes against morals, ethics, whatever, and you haven't thought about what you would do in that situation, of course you do it. A lot of times, if you think about it, that's not allowed. Yeah. You simply need to do what you're told, and that's yeah, that's it. Totally agree. Hmm. I feel so like if you if you outsource your moral compass to a group, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I don't know. The thing that Panda and I have talked about is like we as outsiders say, okay, you're joining a cult, but but you're not. But you're not. You don't ever join a cult. Like, it, that's not a thing. It's you not join a religious movement. You yeah. join a religious community. You join something that you're being part of. It's not a cult until... All right, so I'm going to get back to November 18th, 1978. So Ryan had explained that he would stay behind in Jonestown until every last person who wanted to leave would be able to do so. That was until one Jonestown member actually jumped Ryan with a knife to his neck. Ryan was able to get away from the situation scratch-free, but was told to not take additional chances and was ordered to be sent on the first flight home with the others. If only that was possible. I was going to say, that's an easy way to get out. Mm-hmm. As the plane filled up with now past Jonestown members, Leo Ryan and his camera and journalist crew, a few Jonestown members had different plans for their leaving. 
they drove up on tractors with guns in hand and started open fire for those that were still on the ground boarding the plane. There was one member who had lied and said he wanted to leave when in fact he had no plans to do that. That member was able to board the plane with a hidden gun and started shooting at the people on the plane. That is fucking psycho. Holy shit. They had a fucking plan. I guess, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's just one of those mind your business kind of things. Like, these people are leaving and it's your, it, you're not even the leader of the quote unquote religion. So just fuck off. But they were so like brainwashed into thinking like, okay, we need to follow Jones. We need to abide by what he wants. Yeah. So you worry about yourself. And let but other people worry about them. There were his, they were his little fucking minions. Yeah. So the theory know. here is you leaving the, I'll say, organization was punishable by death? Yeah. Okay. And he made it very apparent. There was actually times when um, he would, so he had a lot of different, like, psychological warfare type, like, things he would do to his people. There was one where he would deprive them of sleep. And he said that if they were to fall asleep during that time, that they would be shot point blank in the head. And there was one girl who's a survivor of Jonestown. Not the shot in the head part, but they would sleep deprivation. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, what? Sleep, depri- sleep deprivation has been used by every single interrogation, torture. detention, torture, psychological distress Excuse me. weapon it's in called, the history uh, of the world. What is it? Enhanced, uh... Enhanced interrogation, yes. I think. Yes. Well, because it's not torture. It... It's enhanced interrogation. Right. I don't... Well, isn't, um, sleep deprivation, like, if you don't sleep for 24 hours, it's equivalent to being drunk? Like, mentality? drunk. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, and when you're drunk, you're evilly... Evilly. You're easily influenced to do things you wouldn't do mm-hmm. sober. So, I guess all it takes is sleep deprivation yep. to... To really influence you to do things you wouldn't believe in. There's a reason why the military uses it in selection processes for special forces units. Do they really? I really didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Navy SEALs have a a pretty serious program they call BUDS, which is essentially like their selection process. And if you can survive that, which involves weeks on end of sleep deprivation, then you can become a Navy SEAL. So, back to that plane um, aspect where people have just died now. That was only the start of the Jonestown Massacre. Before this entire event, Jones started getting bad press again due to a custody battle that was occurring with some past Temple members. This is an entire story in itself, so I will briefly explain what happened because I think it's an important aspect to see where Jones' mindset was at at the time of the massacre. There was a child that was born into the Temple. After the child was born, Jones had the parents sign an affidavit stating the child was bound to Jones and the church for life. Huh? <laughs> this is the type of mind shit he did. It wasn't even just turning over your house. It was turning over your fucking How children. How did no one kill this guy? Because they were all, they all found him. How did no one else kill this guy? That it was aware of it happening. I was like, we need to fucking murder him. They were seven miles into the woods yeah. of a 4,000 acre reservation. Send four Marines. Call and it a day. No, Jared, that's actually a super important question because I'm just covering like the events that happened for Jonestown, but there's an entire thing where it's like the FBI were notified multiple times. The like There were so many people who were notified 
but they didn't act on it because it's a religious group and it was a political man and they didn't know how to kind of go about it and like take it down in a in a way that wouldn't put bad press onto them no but like being that it's a religion they get away with far more because you, you have a freedom to yeah. religious yeah like, and they don't beliefs. pay taxes unbelievable yeah, so he, dude, yeah. he had so much fucking money. He had yeah. millions of dollars because he took everybody's fucking income. Every cult and in paid existence. No taxes. Mm-hmm. Literally. Hate it. So, although Jones made threats that if people were to leave, they would be shot dead, the parents of this child ended up escaping from the church anyway. Miraculously. However, they did not take their son because when a child is born into the community, they would be taken away from their parents and raised by the community yet another mind trap to keep people there so the parents did not have physical access to the child at the time of their departure well once they got back into the states that started a custody battle against the church to get the child back shortly before the jonestown massacre the judge awarded the parents with full custody of the child jim jones never had intentions of returning him though with more fears that people in the temple wanted to leave and that authorities wanted to come in and take more of his people, I believe he started to feel extreme pressure that his world was under attack. That is when he decided that there was no other option than to kill every single person of the people's temple. Hold on. I, I, I think that there's probably about a million other ways to oh, handle this situation. Is or did he do this? What? What you just said. Kill every single person? Right. He killed every single person. 918. Yeah. Over 200 children he killed. What? The worst mass murder since 9-11, before 9-11. Of American civilians, because they were in How? Guyana. So, Jones put together vats of Kool-Aid. Actually, it was Flavor-Aid, because he's a cheap fucking bastard. That was laced with Valium and cyanide. Early symptoms of cyanide poisoning are headaches, dizziness, fast heart rate, shortness of breath, and vomiting, followed by seizures, slow heart rate, low blood pressure, and cardiac arrest. Jones ordered that children were to be fed the poison first, followed by teenagers, then adults. They all lined up, one at a time, and were fed the poison that would soon kill them. Along those lines of people were some of Jones' most trusted officials, who were used to hold people in place if they tried to escape. So if you look at pictures, there's there's pictures where you see cups and there's pictures where you see syringes. People who decided that they did not want to die were given the substance via a syringe. So they, they knew it would kill them? They knew it would kill them because, get this, they would perform what they called white knights. So it was essentially... Wait, what? White knights? White knights. Like N-I-G-H-T-S? Yeah. Okay. So it was Jones's term of we are going to perform a a mass suicide. However, what they would do, it was essentially a prep for the deaths. So he would fill during these white nights, he would fill these vats of flavor aid and would say there is either poison in this or there isn't poison in this. So they would go through these different rituals routinely, and it was a prof- like it was them professing their love to Jones. So this wasn't they didn't really know if this was filled with actual poison or not because they've done this so routinely that it was just another exercise. Damn. 
So this was them just being like, yeah, I, I'll follow you blindly into the... Most of them, but wow. a lot of people, because if you hear the difference between Jones's voice, by the end of it, there were some um, people saying that he was a lot more slurred in his speech and he wasn't making sense because he was fucking doped up on so much drugs. But um, a lot of people, not a lot of people, the people who survived said that they realized that this was the end. And so I'm assuming that a lot of people who were actually part of this realized that it was actually the end. It wasn't just a white knight ritual. And so those people started to say, hey, I don't want to die, which is when they were given a syringe filled with this poison to kill them and shut them up. And that's why they give children the um, drink first, because if all the adults are done and dead, who's going to feed it to the children? So the children have to go first and there you have it 918 fucking american civilians dead by like a pretty gruesome way of dying like it's not just like bam you're out you have to go through this like hour-long process and guess what jim jones did he shot himself in the head oh so he took the easy way out yep 100 percent. you ever look at these photos and shit like this at the end of your podcast and kind of clicks in your head that these are people yeah those were 918 lives whenever i'm involved it's yeah i mean no seriously think about it like 900 people that was um let's see if you if you went to a high school around here that was probably almost the size population of your high school yeah yeah that's insane dead Imagine if every single because one of them was poisoned. One day, two thirds of them were by poisoned. choice. So there's part Not of me. Not by choice. Well, that's, I well, think that's okay, the that's biggest thing. That's what I'm about thing. to say. That's what I'm about to say. So, so they... there's part of me that's like, uh, you got yourself into this mess by following this, 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 this religion. This, this, you know, you probably. I don't want to glorify and call it, it a religion. It's a okay. This cult. cult, whatever. But in their heads at the time, what you said before, they wouldn't consider it a cult, right? They consider it a religion. So. Right. You got yourself into this mess, but at the other time, the other side is there are people who are weaker than other people, it, mentally, emotionally, whatever, whatever it is, and they don't deserve mm. to be treated unfairly or differently just because that's the case. So uh, I, I would have trouble following what I just started with in saying that you got yourself into this mess. You didn't. This fuck show of a person jones got you into this mess and obviously i mean he killed himself but he he should be responsible for it's 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 hard to wrap your head around it's super hard like it's almost good that he's dead because we don't have to decide what to fucking right then because like you we we would all want you dead anyway because you've Mm. killed yes in a huge amount of people and kind of going back to like about like I don't even remember what point it was, Jerry. Isn't it interesting, too, like, when you see these situations where these cults come about and there's one leader and he's in charge and he's in control right up until the last minute and then he exercises his last step of control by killing himself? Isn't it interesting, like, how often this happens? Well, just to piss you guys off a little bit more. (laughs) I can't wait. I actually have a video of... Um, it's called the death tape and it's when Jones was explaining to his people that this was the end and it's super interesting and it's 
a very long transcript so if you guys want to go out and listen to it we can put a link up on our podcast or something yeah we'll put it in the show notes as well as the other um link that sam had mentioned earlier yep um but it's super interesting and let's get started one thing i want to know actually (laughs) is to hear the difference i talked about how he was doped up on a shit ton of stuff so you've heard a few of his clips before where he is coherent and he has a strong voice and in this clip he sounds completely different it's not an actual tape oh, of him but my bad. it's okay um he sounds completely different he sounds slurred he's just not with it he doesn't sound like himself so if you guys can pick up on that it's important how very much i've loved you how very much I've tried my best to give you a good life. But in spite of all of that I've tried, a handful of our people with their lives have made our life impossible. There's no way to detach ourselves from what's happened today. Not only we're in a compound situation, not only are there those who have left and committed the betrayal of the century, some have stolen children from others and they're in pursuit right now to kill them because they stole their children. And we we are sitting here waiting on a powder keg. I don't think this is what we want to do with our babies. I don't think that's what we had in mind to do with our babies. It was said by the greatest of prophets from time immemorial, no man lay, takes my life from me, I lay my life down. So to, to sit here and wait for the catastrophe that's going to happen on that airplane, it's going to be a catastrophe. Almost happened here. Almost happened. The congressman was nearly killed here. But you can't steal people's children. You can't take off with people's children without expecting a violent reaction. And that's not so unfamiliar to us either, if we, even if we were Judeo-Christian, if we weren't communists. The world, the kingdom, suffers violence, and the violence shall take it by force. If we can't live in peace, then let's die in peace. We've been so betrayed. We have been so terribly betrayed. But we tried, and as Jack Beam often said, I don't know where he's at right this moment, where's Jack? He said, if this only worked one day, it was worthwhile. (laughs) What's going to happen here in a matter of a few minutes is that one of those people on that plane is going to shoot the pilot. I know that. I didn't plan it, but I know it's going to happen. They're going to shoot that pilot, and down comes that plane into the jungle and we had better not have any of our children left when it's over because they'll parachute in here on us i'm telling you just as plain as i know how to tell you i've never lied to you i never have lied to you i know that's what's going to happen that's what he intends to do and he will do it he'll do it 
unfortunately being so bewildered with many, many pressures on my brain, seeing all these people behave so treasonous, it was just too much for me to put together, but uh, uh, I now know what he was telling me, and it'll happen, if the plane gets in the air even. So, my opinion is that we be kind to children and be kind to seniors and take the portion like they used to take in ancient Greece and step over quietly because we are not committing suicide. It's a revolutionary act. We can't go back. They won't leave us alone. They're now going back to tell more lies, which means more congressmen. And there's no way, no way we can survive. And before we get into discussion about that, there is one more part to this where you actually hear a woman start to speak out. And she is saying that she is not sure she wants to die and aren't there alternatives. And you will hear for yourself what she has to say and what Jones is replying with. Like that, I mean, I feel like that as long as there's life, there's hope. That's my faith. Well, come everybody dies. Someplace that hope runs out because everybody dies. I haven't seen anybody yet didn't die. And I like to choose my own kind of death for a change. I'm tired of being tormented to hell. That's what I'm tired of. Tired of it. Twelve hundred people's lives in my hands, and I certainly don't want your life in my hand, but I'm going to tell you, Christine, without me, life has no meaning. I'm the best friend you'll ever have. Did you hear that? I'm the best friend you'll ever have. I am the best friend you will ever have. Life without me has no meaning. He can uh, suck a big fat one. Yeah. So... There we have it. And what gets me the most is you can hear all those people, and that's the last time they're speaking, and you can hear all those children, and that's the last time they're crying. That's terrifying. And I literally, while we were listening to this, wrote, he was very slurry compared to the beginning ones. He was very, like, off his game, if you will. Yep. And then he, specifically talking about stealing people's children, which is psycho. that was because of that original custody battle that I was talking about. In the script, you can see him mention the actual name of the child. So that's where I believe it came from because he talked, like, that's how important this custody battle was, was that they were trying to take one of his children. And it's not just that child, it's his 918 other children that belong to him, he believes. Interesting. So it's not, like, he's not specifically saying children. Like, you know how, like, they say, like, you're a child of God, right, and right. you can be a child of God at 98. Right, right, right. It's So he's not his specifically people. referring to children yes. as we look at them. That's yes. interesting. Yeah. And also, what the fuck? Don't shoot a plane down. So, okay, the plane was, the thought was, there was a whole thing where the planes were actually delayed. So when that massacre of the planes happened, they were still on ground. So he thought that... It was going to get, they were going to get shot in the sky because of that one guy who went on who was saying that he was wanting to leave but didn't actually want to leave. Yeah, the one who went on to shoot the people on the plane. Yes, so Mm -hmm. he thought that they were going to be in the sky and that was going to happen. That's actually terrifying, though. Yep. Well, if you guys are going to finish talking, I guess I can say what I just said. Yeah, yeah. I just wrote. 
As are we, are we in the discussion section? Yeah. Yeah. As, as as okay. So if you've seen Waco, if you've seen the documentary on Waco, if you know anything about Waco, what happened there? After watching the documentary, you feel some on type Netflix. Of, the the Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. Waco. Yeah, yeah. If you're watching the documentary, you feel some type of way about a lot of things. One being federal government intervention, depending on how you read what you just watched, right? So, me being me, I, I'm I, the four of you know, three of you, there's three of you. Here, <laughs> yeah. So I'm the fourth, actually, how that works. <laughs> so, the, the four of us know um, I'd prefer minimalist government intervention into most things. Um, however, you know, watching Waco tells me that, like, yeah, they should have, like, stayed out of that, maybe, because they definitely made more of an incident out of what could have been a little less of an incident. Well, the government, to me, in, in that case, went in for a reason completely unrelated to the issue well, I had at hand there. Right, but, so, <clears throat> listening like, to this story... Like, guns wasn't my issue with Waco. It like, was as, as I wrote Waco. on this notepad that I passed to Dan, I, I, it's, it's a shame the government didn't get involved here, because I can think of this being one of those covert operations you hear of where we dump uh, you know, six Navy SEALs into uh, Venezuela who cross the border and find this guy, pop him in the head overnight, and then suddenly these other people are like, well, Bullshit. guess we're going back to normal because fuck, this guy's dead. So, uh, yeah, are there other factors at play? Will they not know what to do? Will they just pick a new leader and then everything continues? Yeah, maybe, but it, it's, it's, it's hard to see this and not wish that this man was ended uh, before he could end these 900, what did you say, 18 people? Nine, eight, yeah, 918. So, something, Dan. Um, sorry, um, there's... Don't apologize, this is your show. <laughs> yeah, you're running this bitch. It's actually super interesting that you bring that up, because there seriously was so much FBI notification, but it never went further than that because of, one, the religious thing, but two, because he had that political power. So he was looked at as this high being. And there are multiple aspects where it's like, hey, guys, we need to look in Jim Jones because he's doing some shady shit. Yeah. And people would say, we can't look into Jim Jones. Like there's this podcast right now is as long as it is. But there's a whole complete another aspect to it of the government side of things. So, yeah, they, people would say, how can we look into Jim Jones? He's putting all these social services together. He's helping with elders. He's helping with this. He's not this bad guy. And he also had, like, who was the president at the time? Um, Carter, maybe? I Carter. I think it was Carter. So Jim Jones actually had direct connections with Carter where he would meet with his wife and he would meet with, like, like Carter. yeah, yeah um, Jimmy Carter himself. And, like, they would essentially like say that he's doing all these great things because he was for this political like the civil rights movement and he was doing like okay you're bringing in um you're trying to bring in like integration of races and all these like wonderful things that it was an afterthought to look at him as this bad person but there is literally so much fucking like so many fucking conspiracies and all this stuff as to like why the FBI and why like CIA and all these different governmental programs did not look into him because it could have fucking been stopped. But I think it often happens with cults where because, again, we went over this before. It's not a cult until it's a cult sure. and you don't realize it until it's 
literally past the point of return. And so all of these people looked at it as a religion, as somebody helping people of other races become united and all of this like happy you know happy-go-lucky world that they were forming but but then it became more than that but it was too late in the upper power they recognized what he was doing before yeah and like they're not gonna go after him and and if if i know it's also the world before cell phones so it was very hard to like get this shit out secretively so what are these people who are in the fucking middle of the jungle gonna do when they want to leave like it's very yeah, hard have, to... like wave communication right like it's it's not something that they're like able to just be like <laughs> text sos i need help yeah <laughs> like, but like even so kind of going back onto that like racial um part part that you're talking about like if the fb so yes religion like you a lot of times they don't want to get involved in religion but this guy was also preaching like racial justice so if the fbi or this federal group or whatever was looked at as bringing down a man who was preaching injustice mm-hmm. what does that say about them right it looks very poor on the yeah. federal government yeah because so it's saying oh we don't agree with like your ideology of pro- integra- progressive like, equality and yeah. stuff like that so like they re- there were so many reasons why they didn't look yeah. into it but it's a fucking shame yeah but yeah, that's Jared. That's if you're interested in that, and if anybody else is interested in that, look into it because there is a whole nother aspect to the story. Because it's hu- this story is huge. Like what I've covered is only minuscule amounts. Yeah, it's crazy. So the other night we had a text conversation with the four of us, um, and I was talking about a book that I was reading that was kind of traumatizing me called Blood Meridian, and it's a, considered to be one of the great American novels, and it talks about. Um, some of the atrocities that were committed. It's it's low. It, so even though it's a novel, it's loosely based on atrocities that were committed against Native Americans um, back in the mid 1800s. And it's struggling for me to get through it. But we were joking about, you know, Panda said, "Well, why are you even bothering to read it then?" I said, "Because I think it's important that we become aware of these things that have happened in history." And we had pretty lengthy discussion. I mean, it was at least an hour worth of texting back and forth, like about this. <laughs> as a debate and i still hold firm in that i think we should know about these events that have occurred in our history especially ones that we haven't lived through so like none of us were alive for the jonestown massacre but it could happen again in our lifetime and i think part of preventing that is knowing about it and being aware of it Mm. and talking with each other about it and telling our friends about it and so that we can we can have a, an ability to resist these kind of things because we're critical thinkers. We take responsibility for ourselves and for our own people. Um, and kind of look out for one another. Yeah. Because if you had friends and family who were um, present and available in your life when you were, you know, down, because it tends to be that people in cults, um, again, not not at the time cults, but join these religious movements because they have nothing else left in their lives. So They're looking for meaning, belonging, yeah. a higher purpose, etc. Yeah, so if you had, you know, this, friends looking out for you, you might not join something so radical. This is the same reason why people join terrorist groups, why they join crime gangs, yeah. why they join any other group that commits evil, but yet they join it with the right 
with a certain purpose, a, a higher feel, purpose. You're joining it for something that's bigger than you are. You want yeah. to be part of something grand, essentially. Yeah. It makes sense when you think about it in a certain light. It just doesn't make it okay. Yeah. This is, I mean, in a, in a positive angle, you could spin it the opposite direction. This is the same why people, same reason why people join sports teams, <laughs> why they join the military, why they join other things, because they want to be part of something. But where the part of something goes wrong is when the leaders take it in the wrong direction. And I think that's where you diverge. They started out where this whole idea of the People's Temple was a beautiful thing until it wasn't. Right. Yeah. It's a and cult until that's, exa- or it's, it's not a cult. a cult until it is. Exactly. And that's where I think we as individuals need to be on guard for this kind of thing. If you're involved in organizations, you need to be aware of what's going on and make sure that things stay right. You just said we as individuals continue to be an individual. Even if you join a group like this, whether it's whether it's the good side of things, whether it's the military or something or like sport. that, or or sport, sorry, <laughs> a questionable religious organization, <laughs> however it may be, continue to be an individual. Follow whatever you think is right to follow, but don't forget that you're independent, that you're a person that doesn't need to always side with something just because someone else or something else tells you to side with it. 100%. Be an individual. Be independent. Think about what's going on, use logic, and make your own decisions. Beautifully said. Thank you. As an individual speaking on what you <laughs> had to say. I'm very beautiful. I'm very beautiful. Beautiful. So yeah. beautiful. Yes. Yeah, I think I think this is um, an important consideration for any time we look back on anything in history is remembering that we have hindsight on our side. Yeah. We know the outcome, so therefore we can look back and say – well, they should have done this or they shouldn't have done that. That's really easy when you're sitting in this air-conditioned right. room <laughs> yeah. where nobody's shooting at you, nobody's trying to murder you by making you drink Kool-Aid. Like, I mean... No. I think... No I think oh, I wait a second. That Kool-Aid Shit. with the poison. <laughs> Shit. The poison aid. <laughs> you get what I'm saying. I, I, I like that you brought up the whole we have to be careful about victim blaming because yeah. it's really easy to look back on these historical situations and say, well, they should have or they could have done this. Yeah. But we have to... F- remember that there's a multitude of factors that lead up to this it's a domino effect it's not just one thing that happens you don't join a cult what, what do you keep saying it's not, it. a not a cult you until it's a cult. a cult well well yeah you don't you, you don't, don't you join a cult, cult. I, think you're I want to join cult. this cult yeah no yeah, but that's easy that's easy it's, it's so easy to say don't join a cult right. don't join a cult no, he's but nobody knows what the fuck a cult right. is it's like oh it's, wow it's yeah. this great thing that even like waco nixium okay nixium nobody joined a cult there they didn't think it was a cult it was until it was a cult. Right. <laughs> until after the fact, all the until outsiders were like, you part of a fucking right. cult. Right. So, again, like, yes, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's fucked up, but it's not their fault. Just so, start, Just start out by being a critical thinker. That's all. <laughs> Perfect. And I think what it comes down to is don't drink the motherfucking Kool-Aid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you drank a good amount of the Kool-Aid tonight, I did right? drink a good amount. I'm not being very <laughs> responsive to what, yeah. How was the Kool-Aid? It you was fucking delicious. We've already moved on to wine after having three glasses. We've had three, probably, you've had like five glasses. Yeah, I'm a little shot. It was essentially rum with a mixture of Kool-Aid on top, so you it's, didn't know you were drinking the amount correct. of rum that you were drinking. Right. Pot. No, it tequila, was delicious. rum, and oh yeah, tequila, rum, and something, and, and rum, some... tequila, rum, and rum, yeah, and oh yeah, Bacardi and, and black cherry. So yes. tequila, rum, rum, and Kool Aid. So good. <laughs> um, the other thing we wanted to talk about, we anybody else have something they want to say about the Kool Aid mixture that we had? No. 
It Good. was spectacular. <laughs> Dan? I hit the spot. You made a it's, good mix. Personally, it's a little sweet for me. I'm kind of an individual when it comes to that regard. <laughs> yeah, he likes to drink, like, whiskey straight on the rocks. But you, you know you what? a little bit more. If it's something you have to condition yourself to like, Dan's in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he likes torturing his body over a period of time until his body's like, you know what? You're going to keep going? Fine. I guess hey, I'll fucking wait, take wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. That's how I started liking wine. So well, that is there true. You have well, go ahead, brother. I think sweets are a gateway drug to questionable and poor decisions. I think you are I a like gateway them. drug to poor decisions. <laughs> oh, anyway, we had did have some exciting news. Yes. Actually, it's not exciting. It, but okay, far from exciting, far but also in the true crime world, exciting. it's exciting. So, Dan, actually, this is kind of a story that we want you to tell because you're the first-hand one who told us all about it. But Dan has a friend cash, who... Brother. Take it over. Johnny Cash. Oh, I'm supposed to talk about this now? Yes, okay. please. Tell us about the kill you're cash the I, your friend found. Yeah. Okay, so. Wait, wait, wait. We you're should the one that texted us because... at 6.30 in the morning, and then I replied first and asking what you were talking about, and you said, no, we need to wait until all Children Killed members respond to this message. <laughs> Which, by the way, was many hours later, because yeah. I work second shift, so it's going to be a minute. I'm not waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but it was very important. It was. If you haven't listened to the episode that Sam and I did about Israel Keys, Sam told me about Israel Keys. You really should go listen to that episode first so that you get a little bit more of an understanding of what a kill cache is. And then, well, you know, ideally come back and listen to this. But anyway, Dan. So a friend of mine and I were chatting one morning and he was mentioning a camping trip he took with his family. We were chit-chatting about it and he said, you know, the strangest thing happened to us. We were in a neighboring state to where we are. And his family was uh, camping in the woods, and his boys were out playing around, you know, just as boys do, exploring in the woods. They came across a duffel bag, and they said, oh, this is kind of strange. So they hauled it back, and they opened it up. Inside the duffel bag was an assortment of different equipment. Now, some of the equipment you might have heard on a previous podcast listed in, like was mentioned, a kill cache. Handcuffs, zip ties, lock picking sets, um, ammunition, magazines for pistols, nine mil, as well as a notebook with addresses in it. Now I'm no detective, <laughs> but my my uh, internal buzzer started going off when I heard about that. Because you listened to the Israel Keys podcast. Because I listened yes. to the Israel Keys podcast, and I said. Son of a bitch. I know what that is. That's a kill cache. Some crazy motherfucker put that out in the woods and probably stashed a bunch of them across the country. No, what we've all determined through our very, you know, extensive text conversations in our group is that this was likely not Israel Keys as it was not a yes. Home Depot bucket. Yes. However, it was somebody who was likely copycatting him or just somebody who was just as sinister as him. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then didn't your, your friend notify – he did the, exactly what he was supposed to. He notified – was it the state police? Was it – what was it? Uh, I believe it was the local police. Okay. Um, but they turned over the bag to them, and uh, he never heard anything else from it, which could it either be – could either mean it was nothing or it could mean it was part of a the serious federal investigation. Right. <laughs> that he's not going to hear about That we're not going to hear about it until it's all over all the major news <laughs> networks and yeah. some guy gets convicted – for serious crimes against humanity. <laughs> so, yes. anyway, 
We just thought that was an interesting addition to let you guys know that, like, literally. This shit's out there. Yeah. It's be, fucking out be there. Be aware of your surroundings because this can pop up fucking anywhere you are. Like. And do the right things. Don't tamper with it. Right. Call your authorities. Let them know. Like, he did all of the right things. Yeah. Props to him. But it was just insane that we had just covered that episode and then Dan's friend literally found what seemed <laughs> yeah. like a kill cache. Like, really close to af- right yeah. after that episode. Yeah. It was, it was cool. And, and I shouldn't say cool because obviously everything in that seems quite malevolent. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> me being me and interested in the things I am, I find that kind of fascinating. This is why it's important to know about the atrocities that have occurred in the world. Because then <laughs> can we can prepare for them accordingly. All you're supposed to do oh. is call 911. There's no preparing needed. Call the fucking police. If you find a bag filled with things... That are suspicious. Call the police. Anyway, we <laughs> all digress. Say something, all right? That's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Before we get into a side tangent, exactly. Before. For the fifteenth time tonight. <laughs> so we just want to say thank you guys so much for listening this week. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search "Chilled and Killed Podcast." If you love this podcast, please go rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Also, feel free to send us an email with any questions, comments, or requests at chilledandkilledpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back next time. Until then, bye! bye. <laughs>